on everybody sean birdsong here sharon Ledalon. welcome to another edition of beyond the court today we got a special guest with us uh former pro player european uh collegiate player and you know owner of strength in motion mr g gervin george gervin jr what's going on man oh pleasure sean pleasure sharon thank y'all for having me thank y'all for having me so you know i talked to you um, a few weeks back, you know, I appreciate you, you know, getting on the podcast and you're back in the States. You know, what is that like? You know, I want to ask you, you know, I thought about this when I was first talking to you with COVID and then mm -hmm. you just now coming back to the States. What has that been like for you to be being overseas? You know, of course, coaching, doing your business and all that. Now you're back in the States. You know, I think you've been here maybe a few weeks. What's the mm -hmm. environment like for you right now? Mm -hmm. Oh man, it's 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 crazy, man. Actually, man, I'm 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 one. I'm actually happy to be home. Thrilled. I, I took a <laughs> I took a year off, so I actually stayed in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, and so that's where I'm currently living. So uh, I actually stayed in Sweden pretty much the whole year last year. So it was tough not being home. Uh, it was tough, you know, being away from my family. But uh, for us, man, uh, I'm just happy to be home now. So just. It's, you know, it's exciting for me. You know, I get to come home to, to see, you know, to see the guys, the young guys that, that, that we got coming up, see some of my old guys, you know, that are that have been with me. And so uh, for me, it's, it's, it's just an exciting time. I, um, I got a chance to miss all the craziness. Um, I was in I was in Sweden, man. So everything was pretty peaceful and mild as far as how things were going. And we didn't really shut down and everything. So. I'm just glad I kind of missed all that stuff, man, coming home. And I'm kind of coming back to where everything is is coming back to normal again. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Right. Now, you know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, you being overseas and I've, you know, I got friends and things overseas and they said the same thing as like they were still, you know, kind of like going through the day. Um, they really didn't skip a beat. How was that for you with you having family over here? Um, on a day-to-day, -day, like you keep in contact with them over here, even though you guys were still able to do things. Um, what was it kind of like mindset-wise, you know, for your family over here when you were talking to them? I was, it was tough, man. I mean, you know, they were, you know, they were concerned. You know, there was a lot of, a lot of folks around them getting mm -hmm. sick and there was a lot of folks, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, it was a lot of things happening. And so uh, for, for me, I was just kind of worried about them and their well-being. And so, uh, you know, but, you know, overall, you know, we, we kept in contact every day. So, uh, you know, my, my, my parents and my family and all them, man, they, you know, they're, they're really strong people. My dad had, he, you know, he, he was isolated, you know, he lives on 30 acres. So him and mom were pretty isolated for everything. So they didn't need anything and they didn't leave the house unless they really needed to. And so, uh, but you know, it was just, you know, it was it was scary times. But, you know, overall, I'm just happy, you know, I got a chance to finally get home, you know, get a chance to, you know, I got a chance to hug my mom and dad when I got yeah. here physically. And uh, so it was great, man. Just, you know, just being home, you know, just going to eat the Mexican food. You know, I live in Texas, man. So, you know, we're <laughs> we're really big on our Mexican food out here, man. So I've been pretty much eating it every day since I've been here. <laughs> my mom told me I look really, really skinny, you know, and that's <laughs> – Basically, I just don't eat a lot of fried stuff. So my mom's been stuffing me since I've been here. I've been trying to, you know, just not to make her disappointed and try to put some weight on while I'm here and just show her that I'm eating. But uh, overall, man, it's just great, man. Just like I said at the beginning, it's just good to be home. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm, I'll be here until September. And so uh, I'm trying, you know, just being away and, and, and seeing – Seeing America, seeing home from the from the outside perspective, yeah. it made me really now when I come home, I really, you know, put things, you know, strategically. You know, now I know it's kind of really what's, what's important. I put that thing, those things type first. So, uh, you know, it brings a lot of perspective being away from home, looking at home from the outside. And, you know, it, it, it kind of teaches you how to deal with it in a, in a real linear way where I'm, you know, just... I can do the things that I need to do, see the people I need to see and and kind of do it like that. So and I think uh like you're saying Sweden is <clears throat> probably was lower because of the cold, right? Correct, correct. Um so the northern countries, you know, 
pretty resilient people. I have friends over in yeah. Sweden. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. And they don't miss a beat. They don't miss a beat. So you know, we get yeah. cold and you know, but um that is that's good to know. And I have friends overseas in Sweden and Europe and lot, and I'm originally from the islands, Trinidad. So okay. it's always very interesting to see America when you when you leave and you know, seeing how it's coming here and yeah. and the world perspective. And I think June COVID has just kind of opened up the Zoom and it got everybody engaged. And yes. everybody was engaged and like, oh, is that really happening? Oh, we don't do that here. How does that happen? How did you guys get to that point? Exactly. You know? Because there was very filtered in social media. Yes. Very, yes everybody was looking at social media and think everybody lived like <clears throat> all the social media posers, you know, and it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is like, and it's hard to really tell by all the mm -hmm. things that's going on and stuff. So, you know, just being on the ground and, you know, you just never really know, especially listening to social media and things that's going on on, on Facebook and things. But, you know, for us, you know, it was just about, you know, being safe, and, you know, and I was in a great country, you know, I, I can't complain about you know how the country treated everything and how mm -hmm. my kids were you know weren't rattled through the whole situation. They didn't even have to wear masks, so we had to wear masks on the plane ride over here, man. And that was a struggle for them because <laughs> it, it, it was exciting. It was exciting for like the first hour. They were, couldn't wait to put their masks. We got them little pink masks and everything. And then after about an hour or so, taking it down, and, and so it was a, it was a change for us. So uh, you know, but we got through it. It was a twelve hour plane ride, but we got through it, and uh, you know, we just happened to be home. Right. right. Now you mentioned um, earlier, you know, your dad. You know, you are the son of you know Hall of Famer, you know George Gervin, and I want to take it back a little bit. You know. What was your, you know, upbringing like? You know, I know you're involved in a lot of projects. You know, you're involved with coaching, playing. You know, you're involved with Ice Cube's Big Three. I want to take it back um, to when you were growing up, you know, in the Gervin household. You know, what was that like for you and your family, you know, just growing up? And was obviously, you know, your dad playing uh, bat professional basketball, you know, was that probably why you want to get into basketball? Or is it kind of like, you know, something that you just gravitated to, just wanted to try out. You know, what was that like for you growing up? Oh man, for me growing up, it was it was amazing. You know, I and I I express to kids all the time. I I was in a real unique situation. You know, you you know how it is. And so, you know, I got a chance to really get you know to see players live and in person. And you know, and you know, my, you know, George Gervin was just dad to me growing up, you know, I, and I heard everybody, you know, they, I heard all the talk, but you know, he was, I couldn't look past dad, but when I went to practice, you know, I used to like go to practice with him and go to practice. I, you know, I wanted to emulate dad and I wanted, you know, so I, I went in there, wore the high socks, you know, I, you know, he used to wear the silver and black socks that the Spurs had on. I had to have a pair and, you know, and, and so for me is, you know, just watching my dad, you know, kind of, you know, go watch him doing practices and then, and, and, you know, his brothers all played. And so, you know, and then my mom's brothers played, you know, they weren't really that good you know, as far as on the elite level, but they could play, you know, playground and all that stuff. And, you know, they could, you know, they can really handle themselves on the playground. So for me, it was just, I kind of grew up in a basketball household. So it was either, you know, me gravitate toward it or just really kind of push it away. But for me, it was just I fell in love with it from the beginning. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 I when I was younger, man, my feet was really, really big. So they, my feet grew. So I just knew I was going to be at least six, seven, six, six. So I was looking forward to it. But, you know, as, as, as time went on and stuff, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, growing as fast as I thought it was. And my dad hit a late growth spurt, so I was figuring, ah, it'll come later. But, you know, until then, I, I really worked on my ball handling a lot. And um, and that was a big thing. My, I had a I had an uncle on my mom's side. His name was Timmy. And, you know, he was a big Isaiah Thomas fan. And, uh, you know, they're all my, all my family's from Detroit. And so, uh, you know, he would, you know, 
try to handle the ball like Isaiah. And then he would always give me, you know, little pointers, man. You know, like, man, you should be going around the block dribbling with your offhand. And, you know, he would always tell me things. And he used to take me to the gym a lot when I was younger. And, um, you know, it just got me into my ball handling a lot. And so then I, and then I had a cousin on my mom's side that really could handle the ball that ended up playing Division One, And they were a little older than me. And so, you know, I wanted to keep up with my with my cousin and things like that. But at the same time, you know, I'm, you know, I'm still going to practice with my dad. You know, I'm still getting opportunities to, you know, go on those Nike trips when we were younger. You know, we used to go to Hawaii and things like that. And I still remember him, you know, and being with Big Moses Malone and oh, yeah. and all those fellas, man. Yeah, man. You know, bless his soul, man. And so, you know, we I, I, I remember those times still, you know, and it was, you know, I was young when those happened. But those are the parts and those are the times that really stuck with me. And, uh. You know, just made me want to be, you know, grow up and be a ball player. And so, you know, I, I did. I, I didn't play professional. I mean, uh, organized until I got to high school, though. Okay. So I played, you know, growing up, played with my cousins, played with my family members. But my mom really didn't take to middle school basketball. And now looking back at it, I, I see why, because it was the football coaches. You know, they were all <laughs> coaching it and stuff like that. So it wasn't really anything serious. So. Of course, I wanted to play at the time, but she just thought it would be a better idea that I wouldn't. It was just a waste of time. So I still play. And, then, you know, and also, you know, I, I, I dipped into other sports. So, you know, my dad never, ever pushed me to play the game basketball. So, you know, he always encouraged me to try anything else. So, you know, I tried tennis. I was a big tennis fan when I was younger. So if I didn't play basketball, I probably would have been playing tennis. And so I did that. I did all the skateboarding and the buy BMX stuff. So, you know, I tried a lot of different things growing up. So I, I didn't just, you know, specialize at a young age at, at basketball. And so uh, it was finally when I got to high school, I decided that I wanted to play basketball for real. And, you know, I approached my dad and told my mom, dad, I really wanted to play and things. And so, you know, my dad, already, you know, he pulled me aside and told me, he's all right, we really want to do this. There's only one way to do this. And uh, he was and so I was like, all right, Dad, so what do you want me to do? And he was like, man, you, you've got to get up five, six hundred shots a day. And so I was like, uh, for real? <laughs> he was like, yeah, if you really want to do this, you got to get five, six hundred shots a day. Right. And so, you know, looking back at it, it was like, oh, but now and stuff, it was just. You know, it was just a part of what we what we did. And so mm -hmm. it became what we did every day, you know, and uh, we did it. You know, he used to take me to the gym and we do it until I got old enough to drive. And then by the time my junior senior year in high school, I was driving. I was just meeting him there. And so I got a chance to meet him there. And, you know, it was just me, him and his boy. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, he would just talk to me. His boy would pass to me. And I would get my 500 up daily. And so, uh, you know, for me, it was just something that became automatic after a while. And in high school, and it, it, it benefited. So I got a chance to become, you know, All-American in high school. You know, I got a chance, to, you know, got a chance to get invited to the Nike 100. And, you know, that was for me. I ain't never really been outside Texas playing when I was, you know, <laughs> at that time. And so I didn't really go to none of the AAU tournaments and stuff. I would play locally, but I, I always had to go to summer school. My mom was always big, big on my education. So I always had to go to summer school and do summer school. So I always missed the national tournaments. And so all my boys would, I would see the videotapes of it. And then now, you know, I would hear about all these players, you know, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, you know, Vince Carter. Those are all in my era. And so I would hear about him and I would kind of see him on video and stuff like that. And it just, it would burn at me. Just, I couldn't go. And so finally my junior <laughs> summer, my mom allowed, granted me, I got invited to the Nike top 100 in Chicago. <laughs> and so my mom was like, all right, you can go to that. But I had to make it up later on in the of course with a uh, summer school so i did but i actually had a chance to go out there uh, i had a great time i was i was in awe by the players that were there you know it was you know you know paul pierce those guys uh uh kevin garnett ronnie fields 
you know, it was it was it was serious ball. Shea Cotton, you know, all those guys and stuff, man. You know, a lot of people forgotten, but that was like serious ball players then. And you know, those guys had national notoriety. I was a kid from Texas. Of course, I was Ice Man's son. So, you know, everybody look at him, man. Oh, that's Ice's son. And so I had to really go out there and prove myself. You know, I had went out there and spent a week out there and you know, I, I thought I proved myself and and then uh, Coach Steve Smith from uh, Oak Hill Academy called me when I got home and asked me to come to Oak Hill. And, and I signed everything, got my stuff ready. And my coach, my high school coach, I remember playing it. I wanted to go to a football game before I left and see, you know, to say bye to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I went to the football game and, man, the whole crowd and my coach, everybody cried and, Man, they made this whole spectacle. So I ended up changing my mind. You know, I, I don't know, looking back at it, I don't know if that was the greatest decision, but I ended up changing my mind and staying. And I stayed and finished my senior year. I was I was I was signed, sealed, delivered to go to Oak Hill Academy. And then I decided to change my mind and stay at home. And uh ended up having, you know, a, a good senior season. Um, I ended up falling short on my SAT scores. So you know, I had a lot of schools on me, and then you know, once you they find out you weren't making, it, and then it was just mainly junior colleges. And I had two college, I had two Division One schools that was going to prop me, and it was uh, Cincinnati and Arizona State. And so I took my visits to Cincinnati and Arizona State, and Cincinnati. Uh, you know, just coming from Texas, Cincinnati was a little different for me. You know, it was, Cold. it was. It was it was cold. It was, it, it was. It was just. It was just the atmosphere was a little different, man. You know, I, I ain't gonna say real ghetto, but it was just. It was something I really wasn't used to. Right. And so I got a little nervous. I was there for a couple of days, and then Coach Huggins had me. He had me lifting weights on my on my visit. So, you know, they was really big on that. And, you know, lifting weights and things, and so that wasn't really my thing. And he had me there. I was. They scared me to death, man. And, so my next visit was Arizona State. And so I went to Arizona State. The sun was shining. Uh, they was out there, you know, the, they had the girls out front playing volleyball. And they had all kind of it, it palm trees. It was a different scene. So I fell for it. And uh, I ended up going to Arizona State. And uh, so I, I actually sat out a year at Arizona State. And then uh, I played the following year. And then uh, Coach our coach, uh, which was Bill Frieder at the time, he, he got uh, replaced uh, by mm-hmm. Coach Newman. And uh, I ended up uh, – I, I figured I wanted to go a little closer to home. Oh, and so, I, and so I, I went on ahead and I came back to uh, – actually, I went to Houston and I uh, went to San Jacinto Junior College. And so uh, I had a, a year at San Jacinto Junior College. They was coming off just losing the national championship. So – the team was already loaded when I got there. I mean, we had some players when I got there. And so, you know, I was just really wanting to come home and just try to fit in. I didn't want to come in and try to take over or anything. And so I remember I, I drove up to the school. You know, it's different. You know, this, I'm coming from D1. I'm going to junior college. So it was like I felt like I was going to high school. And so I pulled up to the school, and, and we were in, like, a little classroom where Coach wanted to meet all the players. and. Mm-hmm. I was late because I couldn't find the school. And so I finally got there. So I walk in the classroom and, you know, kind of excuse me, hey, fellas, what's going on? And I just remember everybody was looking at me like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, what did I do? And, you know, it was, it was, you know, it's pure competition when you get to junior college. So, you know, it, it kept me on my toes, you know, and those mm-hmm. guys were really good players. So, you know, I had to kind of earn my way. You know, coach told me I wasn't going, he wasn't going to give me anything. And, you know, a lot of those, those guys knew I came from Division One, and those that's where those guys were trying to go. So it, it, it was competition, which was great, you know, for overall for the team. Uh, you know, we ended up really loving each other by the season at the end. You know, we had some great battles. Uh, we, unfortunately, we, fought, we fell short of the national championship uh, that year. And, uh, and then I – then Clyde got the uh, job at University of Houston. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, most of my guys in junior college were pretty much signed and knew where they were going. So I was like me and two other guys were undecided. And so 
I finally, you know, Clyde came and, and reached out and, and he got that job. And so I just drove down the street. It was 30 minutes down the street. So I drove down the street and uh, went down there to visit Clyde. And, you know, for me, it was just an honor for, you know, Clyde to hit me up and, and, and want me to come down. And so I went down there. He showed me the facilities and everything. He was like, ball's going to be in your hands, son. And I was like, that's all you got to say. <laughs> and so, you know, it was done deal. I didn't even consider anything else after that. And it was it was in a conference. We were in Conference USA, uh, which was, you know, had Louisville, Cincinnati, Paul. You know, they had some, you know, they had some really good schools in there and stuff. So for me, that was that was it. And so I, I signed and went to Houston, you know, uh, that first year, you know, everybody was super duper excited because Clyde, you know, he was fresh from playing from the Rockets. He just got there. So, you know, it was the atmosphere was electric just, you know, when we started the season. And, uh, you know, I, I vibed off of it. I, I enjoyed it. You know, Clyde brought everybody back. You know, Keem came back. Mm-hmm. You know, Big E came back. You know, uh, Guy V. Lewis came back, you know, before he, before he passed and things. So, you know, Clyde brought everybody out. So, for me, that was just like, just gave me chills. And, you know, and then Houston, it was where most of the NBA players lived at in the summer. And so, yeah. you know, you had all your all your favorite ball players, your Sam Cassell, Nick Van Axel, and, and, and you, you, you know, Shaq had a place out there. You know, you had Sean Kemp. And so, you know, you had so many guys out there had a place to run. It's just, you know, top notch. And so uh, I, I love the whole atmosphere. And so Big Moses Malone, you know, before he passed and stuff, Big Moses, when he was there, he brought me in. And, uh, you know, he said, gee, you know, you with me. And so, you know, I, I got a chance to play on the program teams. I got a chance to get on the floor with the fundy. I got a chance <laughs> to do a whole lot of things because Big Mo, you know, he had a pass for me. But, you know, I I felt like I held my own. You know, it, it made me a better ball player. You know, I got a chance to play against Sam and, and Nick Van and those guys and stuff wow. on a daily basis. So it just sharpened my game. So for me, it, it, it helped me translate when I got to college. And, uh, you know, I ended up becoming uh, – I, I that first year I led the conference in scoring and assists, and uh, and three point percentage. And then uh, my second year, I ended up doing the same. And uh, so, you know, I, I felt like I had a successful college career. You know, Clyde was a big supporter of me. Uh, you know, he really pushed me, really challenged me. You know, I learned a lot from him. You know, on and off the court. You know, just asking him questions on the plane or things like that. And so for me, I just really wanted to vibe off, you know, his professionalism, man, because, you know, he was still smooth. You know, you know, he was just out the NBA. You know, I, I used to watch him in the, in the airport, just see where he'd go and stuff. You know, he didn't ever know. But I was, you know, I, I, I studied guys and stuff. So, you know, like, and, and just kind of backtracking, I got a chance when my dad finished his, his uh, NBA career with the Bulls. I got a chance to, you know, to, to hang out with my, uh, Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan got hurt and uh, he, he broke his foot. And so they brought my dad in to Chicago. And so, you know, just and then and then when I got to Houston, Mike, when Mike was retiring, he invited me to come play in this celebrity game. And, uh, you know, and so I got a chance to do that, man. So I, I, I had a chance to kind of learn from some guys, you know, mm-hmm. that. You know, not everybody was going to get a chance to learn off of. And so, you know, I, I kind of use that now and use that knowledge that I absorbed from, you know, Clyde, Big Moses, Calvin Murphy, you know, mm-hmm. you know, all those guys were around, man. And I try to use all that wisdom and, uh, you know, and try to bottle up and try to use it for the next generation and kind of let them guys know, you know, that, you know, this is not stuff yeah. that I've, this is stuff that I've learned from some of these pros, man, some of these guys that have had great careers and just great people. And, you know, and so, you know, I, I try to use all the stuff that I've learned coming up and, and try to, you know, put forth to it now as a man. I found that interesting because um, you said in the beginning of the conversation that your dad never pushed you. And, you know, I think the media or people who are not within, what I love is that uh, even Sean's dad, you know, saying you don't have to play basketball. We um, interviewed Jeffrey, uh, MJ's son, oldest son, and he played, you know, college ball at UCF where my daughters went to because I was yeah. in Orlando and him and Marcus. And it was funny 
when Jeffrey said, he goes, no, my dad never pushed me. Actually, I didn't he like football. He liked football better, you know, <laughs> and then he got back into it. And, you know, for the audience and people looking in, they all think, oh, well, you know, you play basketball, you're going to have your son. It's almost like the family business. Yeah, exactly. but it's interesting that it's great that the parents was more important to your mom and dad. And then you find your way, you know, mm -hmm. just because your dad did something, you know, you don't have to do it. Yes, correct. And I, you know, because my brother, I have a brother and a sister, and they never played. And you know, they're in health management and one's a massage therapist. So, uh, you mm -hmm. know, my brother, you know, he played with me growing up, but. They never got into any pretty much any sports and because, you know, our, we were never pushed to really do it. It was just, you know, we, you know, they gave us the opportunity to do what we wanted to do. And it was just I, I gravitated and wanted to hoop. I knew I wanted the first time I went to practice. Right. <laughs> now, it's funny, you know, Sharon mentioned, you know, Jeffrey and I always say, you know, gee, we're in a unique situation. You know, I, I know a lot of. Um, us, I guess you call us kids, mm -hmm. you know, um, from that, that first generation, the mentality, thought, certain things, you know, especially when you're involved in basketball, I wanted to ask you, you know, what was that like for you to go to Houston? You know, you were very highly touted out of high school, you know, you go to Houston and you team up also with, you know, Moses Malone Jr. Mm -hmm. And you're playing for Clyde. And then you mentioned you got Calvin, you got Mosey, you got all these people coming to the games. Mentality-wise, honestly, when you're going to college, did you feel, just asking, I don't know, in that situation, did you feel any kind of pressure? Or what What was that like, you know, for you being a kid around, almost, let's be honest, NBA-like atmosphere, especially in a big city like Houston? I, I feel like, you know, I tell a lot of people all the time, when I got to Houston, I felt like I was in the pros. Uh, you know, I because just, you know, the way the city, you know, is, you know, about the game of basketball. So, you know, I got a chance to play against the pros once. If, if I wasn't playing, you know, at the school, I was playing with the pros. And then, you know, I, I got a chance to hang out, you know, with the guys, you know, in, in the evening and stuff. So we go to Roxy on Wednesdays, you know, and I, I'm walking in with the pros. Like, you know, I ain't got to do nothing. So. When I got when I was in Houston, I felt like I was a pro. And Clyde said one thing after my first year, you know, I had a great first year at Houston. And he was like, you know, don't feel like you owe me anything. Um, you know, don't you know, you don't have to stay if you don't want to. And when he said that to me, I looked at him like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Of course I'm staying, because for me, it was like a no brainer because. You know, the way it felt, it didn't, I didn't feel like it was time to leave, you know, and even though I did, you know, looking back at it, guys leave after having years like that. And, and, right. and that's probably, and that was probably my best year to leave after that, you know, knowing that they really didn't look at seniors, they did, you know, like they did and things like that. Mm -hmm. So me still being an underclassman and, and, and putting up those kind of numbers, I probably, you know, probably should have left. But for me, man, it was just, I was, I was getting, I was getting so much knowledge, you know, yeah. from other things, you know, from these guys and stuff, man. I just, for me, it didn't feel like I was ready. It wasn't even a question. Was I going to turn pro? You know, I was like, true coach, we doing this again. And <laughs> so, you know, and, and it did. And for me, I, I didn't have a bad year. We had a bad year as a team that next year, but I didn't have a bad year. And for me, I, I don't have any regrets, you know, and, you know, I deal with, I see Clyde every weekend for the big three and stuff. So, you know, we talk about it. And, you know, it's just so crazy that, you know, G, G, uh, Gary Payton just got his job with uh, the university. And it just so happened I'm I'm talking to Clyde here and Gary Payton walks up here and they're kind of talking about recruiting now and things like that. And then Clyde, you know, I just happened to be standing there and Clyde was, you know, mentioning uh, Gary Payton about how I was his first recruit. And then he kind of went down the whole story of, how I got there and things like that. And so, you know, it just, it, it was great for me to hear. He took about eight minutes out of his time to, to explain and talk about me to Gary Payton, you know, why Gary looking at you, you know, <laughs> why he look at you and stuff, man. So like for me, it was, it was a good feeling, you know, just the, that he took the time and stuff. So, yeah, man. So, you know, it, it was cool, man. I'm, I'm still learning from these guys now. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, can you talk about, you know, 
you had a very successful, you know, career at Houston. What was the moment and what was the transition like for you when you went pro? You know, you had a very successful, you know, professional career. What was that like um, after your senior year? And when did you, you know, start to think about maybe I can play at a professional level? Um, you know, what was that like for you? I was, I was ready. You know, I was ready. Once, once I became a senior, I was ready to turn pro. I, I, my mindset, I don't think was really ready for just what the pros had to offer. You know, I don't think, you know, most, most guys aren't. And, you know, you know, when you say pro, you know, I, I was just thinking like, man, I'm going to the league. And, you know, when you turn pro, it, you know, it could be, you could end up anywhere around the world. And so for mm -hmm. me is, you know, I didn't, I didn't get drafted. And so, you know, for me, that was, it was disappointing. But at the same time, it was like, all right, you know, I'll do, let's let's just get back at it. And so, you know, the the, uh, the Grizzlies brought me in. It was not a great situation. It wasn't a situation for me, but it was a situation for me to, you know, to do something and show what I can do. And so I, they brought me in for the summer league, and I did the summer league with them. And then uh, I had a I had a great offer to uh, to go to Turkey. And it was probably about. I think it was probably about a hundred grand, you know, coming out of college, you know, mm -hmm. no tax free, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, them willing to, you know, take care. You know, if I had a family, I didn't have a family at the time, but you know, they're right. willing to put them in school, you know, they're willing to do the works. And <laughs> at that time, you know, my mind wasn't right to do it. And so, uh, and so uh, I, I wanted to really, you know, I wanted to go to the NBA. And so that was my mind. I wanted to follow my dad's footsteps. And I found out that it was a lot more difficult than, you know, than I, I thought it was going to be, and, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, I did the, I did the G league or the, it was the D league at the time. Cause I, they mm -hmm. started the D league and, you know, I, I was, I was, I was disappointed, man. I, I you know, I, I got invited, you know, yeah. and, and what happened was, I don't know, Sean. I don't know if you was around, man. You know, we all got invited. I don't know if they invited you, but you know, they invited you know, little Kareem, downtown Freddie Brown, son. Mm -hmm. they, yeah. You know, Slick Watts, son. They had um, little, Mer little Calvin Murphy, Terry Cummins, son. Yeah. Oh man, they invited yeah. us all down to Atlanta. <laughs> this was the inaugural season of the D League, man. They had us all in, and a lot of guys I haven't even met. So. It right. was cool, you know. I ain't met little Kareem and stuff, you know. He looked like his dad. His hair was all the way out here and stuff. But and man, very smart dude, man. And so I got a chance to meet the other guys and stuff that I didn't meet. And and so that was a real cool experience. But then you know they had us do the inside stuff. You remember they had NBA inside stuff, right? And stuff. So they had us do the inside stuff, and you know they had us all in the room. And, you know, it was, it was it was nice how they did it. And then. Afterwards, they had us in the room. They, you know, they made an announcement. They said, uh, uh, if we call your name, please stand up. And so, you know, they started naming guys and they was just going down on the list. And, you know, they started naming their name and I heard my name. And then a couple of names later, I heard little Calvin Murphy's name. And so little Calvin looked at me and was like, <laughs> and I was like, and so he was like, man, I heard your name, G, and I heard my name with you. So I said, man, he's, I, I just knew I was in there. And he called all the sons and, and a couple other guys. And he said, all you guys stand up. The buses are waiting outside. Uh, the, the whole, they're going to take you to the hotel room. You can pack your stuff. And we're going to take you to the airport. And I, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And, um, I was like, what? And then, you know, and, and then the guys who didn't get their names called was like, oh, my goodness. It's like, nobody, everybody was in shock. And so, like, you know, it took a while to clear the room because everybody didn't really understand what was going on until we walked outside and seen them buses. Right. So we really didn't get to play. You know, we really didn't show what we had to do. Mm -hmm. So that left a really, really bad taste in my mouth. And, uh, you know, the guys – you know, I, you know, when I always, you know, went to Houston to play a lot, you know, you had Nick mm -hmm. Van and, and, and all the Sam Cassell and all those guys was telling me, man, just, just get in the G league, just get in the D league, man. And he, man, you're going to be in here. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that again. And, you know, and for me, right. you know, it, it, it felt like, you know, I, I was used and we it felt like we were used 
you know, were misused. So, like, you know, for mm-hmm. me, I, like, I don't mind you using me, but just don't misuse us. And, and you know, exactly. and, and they didn't give us a fair shot. And so, for me, it, it just kind of left bad taste in my mouth. So, I was kind of ready to, you know, try to, you know, mm-hmm. spread my wings out and, and move around. So, I, I did. I, I My first job, we ended up, I ended up being in Detroit and when the ABA started back. So, you know, oh, so they started the ABA, they started the ABA and I was in Detroit. At that time, it was a decent league. We, I think it had about eight teams. But, it, you know, it had some guys that ended up going to the NBA from there. Um, it was it was almost like a call-up league at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was competitive. Uh, the money was good, actually, at the time. I, I ended up probably getting about 90000 for the year. And so it was decent money. I stayed in downtown Detroit. You know, I, you know, my parents, my whole family's from Detroit. So that first month I got there, it was, it was interesting, you know, cause you know, you see, you know, all the family members come out, you know, all the guys were trying out for the team mm-hmm. and I had a target on my back. And so like my, my biggest thing when I turned pro Sean was that, they felt like, oh, you little G, man, you're going to be all right. And so I got picked over a lot of times because, you know, they figure out, oh, man, you're going to be all right anyway. I'm going to take this guy. You know, even though this guy didn't work as hard as I did. Yeah. But circumstances and things like that. So as I got older, that was really kind of used against mm-hmm. me as far as, oh, man, you little G, you little ice, man, you're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, that that really drove me crazy, you know, as far as just me wanting to prove myself. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, so I started kind of after that, I, started, I went to Brazil and went to Venezuela and went to Mexico and started kind of just kind of, you know, just kind of traveling around and things. And then I had a friend that already went over to Europe and started playing and stuff. And I was... I really wasn't on the fence about going to Europe yet. Mm-hmm. And I went over to visit him just to go watch some games and stuff. And, you know, when I was younger, you know, uh, my dad played two years in Europe. And so, mm-hmm. and he brought us over. And so when I got there, man, that kind of, that feeling got back that, you know, where the crowd was roaring and, you know, you see cigarette smoke and clouds of smoke and you, they over there bletting off cannons and things <laughs> like that. So, once I got there and was like, I forgot how this cool this was. So, you know. Hold on, G. I, G. I, huh? I, I don't mean to cut you off. I got, I got to tell you this quick story. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm down here in uh, West Palm. Uh-huh. I'm helping I'm helping dad and uh, Mike Ray with the camp. Michael Ray was literally telling us the story of when he was in Greece. He played in Italy and they went on the road in Greece and how crazy it was to where the fans would literally, during a timeout, take firecrackers and throw it <laughs> on the court. Flares. I was like, like wow. Yes. And yes, it was like that, man. And mm-hmm. so me watching that stuff, I was like, man, this is, man, this, I forgot about this, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I decided, man, like, maybe it's, you know, wouldn't be a bad idea to go come to Europe. And so, <laughs> I came to Europe when I went to like a camp in uh, in Italy, you know, and so it was like a camp and they had a bunch of guys, a bunch of free agents. And so I, my agent told me to go there and it was actually me and my, I was in Europe already and I had been there for like two weeks and I was just traveling around Europe with my boy and my agent calls me and was like, man, you have to be in Italy tomorrow. And I'm in Amsterdam and I'm like, What? You have to be in Italy tomorrow. So uh, we took a train and, and overnight and, and went to Italy and got there. I signed in. You know, I looked around, you know, it had players from, from everywhere, all walks of life, man. It was it was so interesting, you know, because when I got there, they had the pool area. And so, you know, you get in the pool area, you see all the different people from different kinds of Americans, they not in walk course. You know, they over there sitting on the side and stuff. And then you had the Israeli guys playing tag and you know, grabbing each other in the pool and with speedos on. So, you know, you got everybody looking like, man, what did they do? We you know that's their culture. So, you know, so it was just kind of cool to see, man, when I got out there, I was like, man, this is Europe, man. This is it. And so my, you know, my my first deal was I went to Sweden and uh 
when I got when I was at the camp, my coach that was at the camp was ended up being my coach in Sweden. And so he asked me to come to Sweden. I was like, uh, I didn't think they play basketball in Sweden. And so <laughs> that was my response to him and stuff. And and then, you know, I, you know, I was kind of waiting on better deals and stuff. And and then he called back again. And, and I was like, man, it's getting late. I don't know. Should I? And then my agent was like, just go see. So I went over. I flew over to Sweden, got there. And it was pretty much like I expected it to be at first, I thought. So, you know, it was things started off slow. Uh, you know, we were moving on vans and stuff, man. But it was I didn't know it was like preseason. And it was and it was early in the year. Coach brought me in early. And so I got a chance to, you know, kind of get there, get my feet wet and stuff like that. Didn't think I was going to really stay there until we played our first game. And then we played our first game and it was a guy named. Thomas Jackson, he went to uh, Butler, and um, uh, me and him, me and him, good friends now. And uh, he, uh, I, I squared up against him the first game, and man, that brother didn't miss a shot. Man, that brother, I, I think he had about twenty nine that game. I think we had about, I, I think he had twenty nine. I had like twenty seven, but we ended up winning. But I was like, okay, so they got some guys that can play over here, and so you know, so then you know, I. I kind of changed my perspective. And then once the season went on, they did have some guys that could play. And, you know, and then they were out there and stuff. So it, it became a kind of a challenging year, you know, for me. But I had something to prove because I just came off a year with the Harlem Globetrotters. And so I, I, I was fresh out of one year doing being a showman. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it was it was cool being a showman. But for me, I, I wanted to, I wanted to go at it. And so, uh, so, so when I got to Sweden, I was already had in my mind that I was, you know, I wanted, I had something to prove. And so I got there, I ended up getting player of the year. Um, they gave me Eurobasket player of the year out there. Um, they gave me artist of the year. I didn't even know what that was. And then they gave me, so they gave me like three or four awards and then check this out. So season over, I get a call from Orlando. All right. Johnny Davis got the coach's job so i'm like oh, okay i'm back all right mm -hmm. all right i'm leaving i'm getting ready to leave from sweden on monday this is saturday and so we we just lost that friday in the final and so we lost we lost the final you know but it was we, we had a good season and things and so you know we we hung out at the club and all that stuff the night before and uh, I ended up, I didn't. Some it was it was a drunk guy in there, and he ended up pushing me. And then there was an altercation. And so what happened was, after the altercation happened, they took me to jail. They locked me up, and just questioned me. Didn't press any charges. Asked what happened. They said, you know, it was your name that was said, of course, you know, that wasn't anything new. And then I, they, they released me. And then next day, Eurobasket, full blown, Gervin in trouble with the law. And so Johnny Davis calls. I'm sorry. Sorry, young G. Wow. You know, too much heat. You know what I'm saying? Another disappointment. And so. You know, I got back home, you know, got that call. You know, it was it was really, really hurtful. You know, it was it was a situation I really couldn't control at that time. So, you know, it's just what it was. And so, you know, I had to I had to continue my journey. So I, I, I continued on, went to Cyprus, you know, and then I, you know, and then I ended up going to, you know, different places. I went to Qatar, went to went to Lebanon, you know, came back to Sweden. And so what happened was I would ended up when I came back to Sweden. You know, it, I, I was in the I was in a town called Norshuping, and uh, this town is basketball fans. You know, Sweden is not big in basketball, but this town love basketball, and they and they love some G. And so, you know, just when I came back that time, man, just the the way they greeted me back, man, was 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 really cool. You know, uh, my dad finally came over, and he was saying like, you know, it was crazy. I heard him telling somebody else, he's crazy, man. I went over there. And they call me G's dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, everywhere I know, I'm little ice. And, you know, I'm knowing, you know, that's, that's your son, huh? 
He said, man, I'm, I keep hearing, so you're G's dad, huh? He said, man, and for me, that was the greatest feeling in the world. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I felt like, you know, I, I did make a name for myself. And so, uh, you know, I, I felt like, you know, that that's what I wanted to do. You know, that was the goal of it, man, to go off and kind of make a name myself because I felt like once I turned pro, you know, guys were passing up on me and, and the club mm-hmm. passed on me because of just, you know, simply my name, you know. Mm-hmm. Some, someone even taking a look at me, even though the numbers that I put, Clyde was was screaming to the world like, "Are y'all crazy?" But you know, it just didn't happen that way. So, for me, looking back at it, and uh, you know, probably was the best thing to happen. You know, me and my mom talk about it all the time. My dad, <laughs> he said, "You know, I, you know, I, you know, a couple times I, you know, the Lakers was trying to pick me up and get me out there. Just think, you could have been been out there in LA and looking acting like one of them." <laughs> and so. <laughs> My dad reminds me of that all the time. And, but, you know, I, I got a, I got a chance to get a global education, and, you exactly. know, uh, and I got a chance to, you know, I met my wife in Sweden. So my wife is Swedish and now I have three girls and, you know, that speak three languages already. And they're only six, four and nine months. And so for me looking, you know, that, that journey that I took was, was necessary, you yes. know, for, for me and, and, you know, and just my, my growth, you know, I, I don't know what I would have did if I would have been in the league. Hey, I might, I might've would have had 10 babies. I don't know. You know, you never know, you know, what <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, right. you know, so I, for me, it was just, that was the, you know, that was the route it was meant for me to take. And uh, I have no regrets. I have friends all over the world now I have, mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have connections with people all over the world, you know, that I know, you know, I used to joke with Tim, Tim Duncan and them all the time. It's like, man, you've been, you've been to so-and-so. I, I name a place and he'll be like, no. And I'm like, man, y'all, <laughs> I can't believe, man, y'all got all this money. Y'all got all this access, but y'all don't go nowhere. And I remember when he, I'll just be naming places. I come home in the summer and, you know, me, we used to play paintball a lot with, with me and Tim and, and the guys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I was just, you know, I just came from a few places. I just wanted to know, you know, coach, of course, Tony been places, but, you know, the rest of the guys really wasn't going nowhere. And so for me, that was big for me because I felt like I was mm-hmm. doing something that, you know, others weren't doing. And so, absolutely. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just, and I think, you know, my daughters are both dual nationals because uh, my ex-husband is French. So they're citizens of France and citizens mm-hmm. of the U.S., and there is a different feeling. Um, my daughter right now, she's in uh, Europe and she's done 57 countries. And the reason why I say that, your kids, they have the mind of the world. Yes. When you, you know, when you travel and look at America from outside and you see how countries who live right next to each other, completely different cultures get along, it's a kind of like, so, we're all the same kind of culture, we're all Americans, and we, we're still battling where you can have countries that are completely different languages right next to their neighbors. Cultures, different walks of life. And they're back and forth. You know, I spend, I used to go to Europe every summer mm-hmm. um, when I was in college, and it was just my background being from the Caribbean. The world, we have a small planet, and the world is even smaller. Yeah, be able to just you know connect, and it's great. What another point I want to bring up? I love what you said. Um, when you're a legend son, people don't they think that's the greatest thing. Um, not saying there's nothing with your dad, but it's it's even harder. Yes, because that comment you're going to be all right. What What do you mean I'm going to be all right? Exactly. You know? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean I'm going to be all right? You know, I'm playing, I'm giving you my job interview here. I, I met all the credentials, I seeded it, but you're gonna give the other guy who's, you know, two levels down from me because you're gonna be all right. Um, Strength and Motion, you know, you're a founder of Strength and Motion. You had a very successful career in Europe in your professional career after you were playing, you went right into coaching. Um, what was kind of like the idea of Strength and Motion? And like I said, you guys have been very successful nationally, internationally. Um, what, what was that motivation for you to start that after you finished your playing career? Definitely. You know, my mom, you know, like you said, she was big on education. So like when I was in high school, they diagnosed me with dyslexia. Mm-hmm. 
And so for me, it was, you know, it, I had a tougher time in classroom settings, you know, just kind of keeping up and things. And so for me, my mom, she, you know, she went to war for me. My, my mom actually took on the Supreme Court. Good. A lot of people don't know that she and won. And just to fight for my rights as a as a student in school, it was it was it was really phenomenal just looking back at it. But she took on the Supreme Court and won. Mm. And uh, I always tell my mom she should have been a lawyer, but she <laughs> just chose not to be. But uh, she was big on that. And so what, what happened was we started our we started our, our we started with camps. So uh, we, you know, we were bringing kids, you know, and we were bringing kids from Europe because we had European ties. And then uh, mm-hmm. I had uh, my my partner who was coaching in Luxembourg for seven years, you know, and, 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 and so we had a couple of European ties already through me playing and things. And so we wanted to do more something international. So what we did was we started the George Gervin experience in uh, 2013. I would say, yeah, 2013, we started George Gervin Experience. And, uh, you know, just we just wanted to, you know, we brought kids in, you know, we took them mm-hmm. to Six Flags, of course. We took them to, you know, do the water park and things, but we worked and we got them up early in the morning, five, six in the morning. You know, we had them over here, we got them working. And then we had AAU teams come in and play in the afternoons after lunch. And so it, 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 it kind of caught on after about three years where we had, teams calling us and hey you having your camp uh can I bring my team to come over and play you guys and so we had plenty of teams from play and 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 then it kind of spread in Europe too and so uh yeah I ended up moving back to Sweden because I got married and then uh you know and so we would just come home and we would do the experience and it was growing so much we had so many kids and it got to be where we was having 90, 100 kids and things, which was great. And then we had enough coaches, so it was real manageable. We had three gyms, so it was real manageable. And uh, But for us, man, we just kind of felt like we wanted to go a step further. It wasn't enough. We, you know, George Gervin experience was only two weeks. So, you know, some of these guys needed more. Some of these mm-hmm. guys, yeah. when they're in Europe, you know, once you – you know, Sean, once you're in Europe, man, there's no college. There's no there's no in-between high school and the pros. So there's no gap year. So once, if you don't, if you ain't ready to turn pro after high school, then you kind of fall into those little leagues and things, and which, you know, doesn't, which, which their parents would tell them end up, go get a job. <laughs> and so I wanted to kind of fix that and try to find a way to give some of these European kids you know, at least an extra four years, yeah. you know, if, if they weren't going to turn, because well, you know, most of them weren't going to turn pro, but at least you get four years, you get an education, you get a chance to maybe meet your wife, you might you know, expand your network and mm-hmm. things like that. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of do a year round and we felt like it was time for you a year round. After we did about five years of experience, uh, my, my partner, Mark Reed, the coach now, and you know, he was like, man, it's, I think it's time for us to do a prep. And I was still kind of, oh, you think, you know, and he went to another prep for a year just to see how it was done. And, you know, he, he really didn't like it, but he really wanted to just kind of see from the inside how it was done. So he went to Oklahoma and went there for a year, man. I commend him for just getting the blueprint. And uh, he did. After one year, he was like, all right, we ready. And so I kind of followed his lead on, on, on the prep part. And uh, we're five years in. We've, mm-hmm. we've, you know, we've gotten over, we've gotten over 100 kids in, you know, in the schools since we've started the experience. And then with the, with the help with the academy and stuff, we've been just about almost reaching 100 of getting kids in the school. You know, it might not be scholarship. It might be they might have to pay for books. You know, a lot of them, we, you know, and then, you know, a lot of these coaches are looking for good kids. You know, they're looking for kids that ain't going to be stealing out the stove. They're looking for kids that they can depend on, that they know that's going to wake up in the morning and be, you know, where they're supposed to be. And so that's how we tell some of these kids how they can be able to be able to get in there as far as some of the things that they do that the other kids don't do. And a lot of the American kids don't do. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanted to kind of mix 
you know, our, our, our domestic kids, meaning kids from the U.S. with some of the European kids. And, you know, they've developed relationships of their own. You know, yeah. they these kids have international homeboys and homegirls now mm-hmm. and stuff, which is super cool to me because I didn't when I was, yeah. you know, I didn't have no kids on the other side of the world. And so these kids have been going over there and visiting, you know, the parents, some parents got some real serious money over there and been taking some of the kids over and, and, and showing them the world and stuff. And, you know, my uh, one of the coaches here, they, they took his son over to Poland and, 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 and showed him a great time over in Poland and stuff. And, you know, he probably hadn't heard of Poland before he left. And so, you know, that, that's the biggest thing, you know, the, the biggest part that we have really enjoyed just seeing that, you know, that development of those relationships. So, so that's, that's the only, only those relationships are yeah. those alone was what, what, you know, is great to us. And then, you know, they get scholarships and uh, they're getting opportunities to play some extra years. And so, uh, you know, my dad's been a real big supporter of what we do. Uh, we've been having Tobias Harris has been a real big supporter of what we've been doing. And uh, so we're just trying to kind of grow it and trying to get these, to these guys, you know, extra opportunities. And, uh, and for us, you know, we don't want to work. And so if, if, if right, I'm gonna be honest, so like if I can help some guys and get to, you know, reach their journey and, and yeah. call it a job and call it an occupation. There you go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So it's, it's worked both ways. Um, things are going great. Uh, we're growing, you know, we've, we had one of our big kids from, he was from Mexico and um, he uh, signed with New Mexico state uh, this year. And, you know, this is a kid that nobody knew. And, and so that's for us, that's, that's our, that's our goal is a lot of diamonds in the rough, you know, the, all the kids with the hype and stuff, man, we, you know, we, we rather have those diamonds in the rough kids and those kids that, you know, that were counted out, those kids that didn't really play on their high school team because they were overshadowed by guys and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's kind of what we're doing. And, and, and the value of what we've been doing has gone up since the NCAA has changed rules. And, and there's so yeah. much competition out there right now. Exactly. And so, you know, the, with the with the transfer portal, man, these 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 major schools aren't really looking at high school kids anymore. And so they're begging us and asking us to help develop these kids to have them ready. You know, these coaches ain't got no time to develop. And so for us, that's right up our alley. And so that for us, we're, we're not about wins and losses. We have a really tough schedule that these guys play. They play in over 45 games, mm-hmm. and they, we play just about every junior college in, uh, in Texas. We don't keep track of the record. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, we, our thing is strictly developing. Uh, we've, we've got an agreement from these college coaches that they'll, these junior colleges that'll play us. And, you know, mm-hmm. they don't play many, they don't play many preps. And so, uh, you know, we've got full confidence in a lot of these coaches. You know, uh, they've been taking a look at our guys. And uh, and so we've been developing some really good relationships with a lot of these coaches just starting this prep. And so, you know, a lot of guys, you you know, you played against, you know, you played with and things you come in contact with. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, man, you use those connections to try to help these kids and try to get them in a place where, you know, they can, they can get them extra years in, they can get that education. You know, exactly. and they get that experience. Right. They're never really going to. If once stuff starts moving up, they ain't going to be around, or you ain't going to be around. So somebody's going to fade. So you know, I try to let these kids know it's a lonely journey. So you got to be mentally prepared for that part. And so right. that's, you know, that's why it's really important. You know, that club play and stuff is. You know, it, it doesn't really help them. Uh, as far as getting them ready to be able to adapt to different situations and stuff. So I always try to tell these guys, and that's why we do we mix a lot of things up in the summer and, you know, mix and matching teams, you know, and put players together that might be point guards on their own team. But how are you going to coexist right. and things like that? And so, you know, our first thing is, you know, we let them know it's a lonely journey. And then also, you know, to that, you know, if just because you don't make pros, you know, in basketball wise, you know, I know plenty of athletes that love basketball, came up playing basketball, but ended up being a Nike shoe rep or ended up being working for Jordan, you know, and things like that, or being uh, an agent and things like that that's still tied to the game, 
but you know and, and and you know now they're giving shoes to their favorite players and things like that and so you know, I have a lot of conversation with those guys and stuff, and it's just really relieving to hear those guys and their story because they loved it just like I did. But, you know, it thing, you know, maybe they just couldn't play as they, but they just went a step further and it was like, well, I still want to be a part of this game. Right. And they become, you know, mm-hmm. shoe reps and, and things like that. And, you know, just like you said, Sharon, so, yeah. you know, we try to encourage them, you know, to stay with it and things like that. And, you know, you can become a coach. You can become a trainer. Mm-hmm. And you can even become one of our assistant coaches. And so we bring a lot of these, our players back and, uh, you know, they, you know, basically in turn help out or, you know, we mm-hmm. might have, them, you know, talk to some of these young guys that have been here. And so, uh, you know, we like, we love, we love to bring our guys back and just to send that message. Right. And that kind of ties in definitely what Sean and I have been doing, you know, saying beyond the court is that if you can make a difference to one kid or just give them an opportunity, and let them know that um, you may not play the sport, but you can actually get a, get yourself in a good education and be a part of the sport, whether it's a trainer or something, you know. Exactly. Well, some exactly. said the NBA is a corporation. They hire different exactly. things, but you need your education to get your foot in the door. Exactly. That's right. true. You know? Right. You, you mentioned before, um, you know, the journey that you got to to this point and you know as well as well as strength and motion you know your basketball career you're not involved with the big three um with with ice cube you know that league has just blown up um over the last couple years what is that like for you you know to be you know on the national stage you know um you know with all the hall of fame coaches Mm -hmm. um, all the you know Hall of Fame, you know, Allen Iverson, you know, the Hall of Fame players and all-stars and all of that. Is it almost like, you know, sometimes I think about it, you know, is that almost like you being in the league, you know, being on all that knowledge uh-huh. and all those four players and you being on the bench? What's that like for you right now being a part of, you know, Ice Cube's big three? Oh, man, it's, it's, it's great because, uh, you know, Ice Cube bringing all walks of life, you know, he's bringing in all walks of life. So, you know, it's just not – just the basketball players, just the entertainers. It's just, you know, and, and, and everybody that kind of comes with it, this whole production. And so, you know, for me, man, it's, it's just great because I'm, like you said, I'm soaking up all the knowledge. I, you know, I, I can have a conversation with Gary Payton and then, you know, I can go and have a conversation with, you know, with, with Q. And, and, you know, it was funny when I, when I, when I met Ice Cube the first time a couple of years ago, you know, my dad introduced me. He was like, you know, Cube, this is my son. And Cube looked at me and, you know, growing up, I was known as Ice Cube. So he he was like, so uh, you're the original, huh? And, I, <laughs> and so he shook my hand and was like, so you're the original. And I was like, ah, well, yeah, I guess I am, man. But but it's cool. I I enjoy it, man. They've, they've you know, they've they've done a great thing, man. They mm-hmm. got a – Cube's got a good thing going on, man, and giving these guys a – a, a shot, man, and, and and getting these guys to go out and perform in front of the crowd, man. You know, it's in the summer where, you know, a lot of the stuff in the NBA ain't going on except the mm-hmm. summer league. And so I, I go out to eat with Dr. J and, and Clyde and them guys and stuff. So, and, and, of course, Pops. And so those, those are the things that I relish going on these trips and just hanging out with the greatness and, you know, having dinner, man. You know, they, they know all the top restaurants in town, so – you know, we eat good, and then I get a chance to sit up and, and soak it all in. And so that's the best part. And then, and, you know, the biggest right. part is I get a chance to hang out with my dad. So, you know, me and Pops get a chance to hang Now, we always ask our guests, you know, um, on Beyond the Court. It could be off the court, on the court. Um, what does being an American baller mean to George G. Gervin Jr.? <laughs> I mean, it's everything to me. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, the, being an American baller, man, got me got me a, an opportunity to to see the world and, and and learn a lot of things. And to be an American baller got me to – I've attended Syrian and weddings and Turkish weddings and, and, and these type of things, which is something I never, ever, ever do. And, and things that I've been – 
a part of real unique situations and things, people's baptisms and being invited to people, you know, of totally different cultures where I'm the only brother in there and stuff like that. And so, you know, for me, that's big. And for me, that's special because, you know, I know a lot of folks don't get an opportunity to do it. A lot of guys are just scared to get out of their comfort zone to do it because mm-hmm. I encourage all mm-hmm. my boys. I encourage everybody to do that kind of stuff because, you know, it, it, that's that's where you get your education from. And, 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 and that's where you learn how to be compassionate, and, you know, and learn how to, you know, deal with other people that 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 live a totally different mm-hmm. life than you. But keep it so simple and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I've just learned so much, you know, by having the opportunity to be an American baller. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm still learning and I'm still in continuing my journey. And so, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's to be continued. Right. Yes. Well said. Right. <laughs> well, Hey, I know you, like I said, appreciate you again, man. I know you out of, very hectic and busy schedule since you've been back in the States, man. But always, you know, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out to be with us on the show. Where can people find more information um, about Strength in Motion International and what you got mm-hmm. going on? Well, you can find us at strengthinmotion.com um, or you can go sinmotion.com and uh, you can, and, and then on, you can go follow us on Instagram at Strength in Motion International. And uh, you can follow me at G uh, Gerv. G E E G E R V at Instagram. Uh, you know, I do most of my stuff on Instagram. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we do, and uh, you know, and, and kind of, I try to keep up to date. I'm not really great with the social media, but I'm I'm working on it. And so, uh, but those are the ways you can kind of find us. Um, we're easy to get a hold of. Uh, we're real receptive. Uh, we've we've got a lot of things going on this summer. So, you know, if if, if there's some young guys out there that, that want to be involved, it's just hit us up. Great. Well, look, man, I appreciate you again, man. Thank you again for your time. And Thank y'all. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate Thank you, John. Appreciate you sharing. That pleasure meeting you. Pleasure meeting you and stay safe, okay? All right, y'all. Take and care. Hug up on those, some of those beautiful, your beautiful daughters, you girl, dad, you. Oh, appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it. All right, G. All right, y'all. Take care. All, All right, right, y'all. Later. Later.